Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. So, um, as Stephanie mentioned, I have a message that um, Patricia put out recently, and it's actually a three parts, but I'm probably going to do a two-parter, so I'm going to share a little bit today and probably next month. Uh, but before we get started, I just want to pray for for, the, for our time. Father God, I just lift this time up for you, just for ears to hear. Um, for us just to be free of any distractions, to keep focus, Father, and just a grace, first of all, you, your presence in this place, for the love, the unity, and blessings um, to each of us here, and particularly as we focus on, you know, what the meaning of this time, this time of year always is, it's about the birth of Jesus, Father, and for us, um, there are some that have lost people this past year, Father, uh, particularly right now, and that may not be at the table. Father, we just ask a special blessing on those families that may be missing people. Um, Father, just to grace them with peace and comfort um, and joy, Father, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. You know, I got to do this. This is my thing about the Bible. Um, so if you all have your Bibles... This is just a way that I want to honor God when I'm up here teaching the word. Um, so if you guys, whatever you have your phone, if that's your Bible. So if you could decree and declare, this is my Bible. God's word. When I read it. When I read it. When I read it. And respond to it. And respond to what it says. It changes my life. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for that. I just, you know, that um, it always, I'm a, I use my phone a lot for my Bible, but there's something having the word in front of you when you teach. It kind of lifts off the pages, literally. Things kind of jump off for me prophetically. So, you know, Patricia taught on this word about being unoffendable, and I just, I just love it. Um, um, whoops. Is that... Um, Oops, my, did we in the season? All right. So um, in the season that we're going into, you know, she actually had had a vision. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. So in this season, it's important that we are unoffendable. And if we could decree as a group and then individually, we are unoffendable. I am unoffendable. Actually, instead of saying, I want to put your first name in there. So if we could do that as a group and individually put your name in and say, Laura is undefendable or Stephanie is unoffendable. Yes. Amen. Thank you, guys. Something about decree and declarations. Um, so so in this, um, Patricia had this vision. Um, and she had a vision of an army coming out of heaven, and she and this is she was sharing this message at Shiloh and at her church in Arizona, and it and the army coming out of heaven actually represented the remnant, which is you and I, um, those who knew their position in Christ, those that were carriers of His kingdom's heart, completely sold out to God, consecrated vessels overcoming it all. You know, like Jesus overcome it, overcame it all. We are called to do the same. In this hour, we need to we need to see the church positioned in this plumb line, and it's and it's going to be really important as we go into 2022. Um, and God has called each of us. We each have a gift that He's brought to us, and and only you are the person that can bring forth. Um, what he is showing you. So just be encouraged. And I know we have been talking about this in class, to do what he says to do and say what he says to say. Um, you know, we are a, 
consecrated body of believers, believers rising up. And the position of the church is very important in these times. And one of the things she said that struck me, and this really is her message, one of the greatest disqualifiers in this day for us living in the full victory of the Lord, manifesting Christ on the earth, is the issue of offense. And think about, the, and think about what offense represents. Offense, literally, it divides. It keeps people apart. And that's what offense does. And you can see this on social media. You can see this in the church. You can see that it's your place of employment and your, maybe your school where you attend school at, in the marketplace, and even at home. And when you're offended, it puts you in a place of power or perceived power over others. And there are people that really thrive on being offended because it gives them this perceived power. And offense will be something that will separate the people of God's remnant who are about Jesus moving his kingdom forward versus those who are about themselves pushing their agenda forward that is not God's kingdom. So think about that. You have the remnant, the remnant, remnant versus, so the remnant of the kingdom of God versus those who are about themselves pushing their own agenda. And I think we're really going to see this in 2022. We'll really start to, we'll really start to see it. And I think you're seeing some of this already. I mean, I, okay, you guys, this is where I've been very challenged this last two years at work. Government has been like no other place I've seen in all my years working there. But, and I've, I've been offended. There have been times where I have been so offended. And then I would sit down and I'm thinking, Lord, what is going on? What is wrong with me? And it's like, and it got to the issue of thinking I knew more than this other person. And this is somebody over me that basically, and I'm just going to use an example, I'm just, what I'm talking about today is what I've been living, so I just want to be transparent. This isn't just me saying this up here, this has been my life for two years, and probably beyond, um, but I know I'm not, I, I'm probably the only one that gets offended, I don't know, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, kind of like, you know, some of the people, and Patricia actually gave some really good examples, and I have to chuckle, I won't, I won't get into that here, but there were, there were a couple that I could relate to about the car and driving and horn honking and 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 P, and, and I just actually it was funny, you know I I did I just I had to laugh. Um, so, but it was it was interesting listening to that teaching because she had a three part. So this is just part one, and like I said, I'm gonna have a part two because there's so much to this. But it's really, I think we are going to see how the remnant really is going to, there's going to be a threshing out. Just, Holly, what you were hearing, the threshing, I, I really believe in my heart um, we are going to see that. And I'm, um, I'm just thankful for leadership here and some of the things we've been doing of not letting offense take a hold. Like, and I'm remembering three years, in, er, three years ago in Israel, division, discouragement, and... Okay, what was the other one? The three Ds, distraction. But that division can, can divide churches, and it really is about offense. Somebody gets offended about something you did or said that you didn't even realize what you did because it's touching on something. There's a wound there that needs to get healed. And, and what God was showing me was some of my own issues with people in authority over me at work that for 25 years I've been working and, and giving towards you know, the government, whoever the governor was. But at the end of the day, I cared about what I did. I cared about serving my state. And it wasn't just about Lansing, and it wasn't about um, Detroit. It was about Flint. It was about Benton Harbor. It was about the UP. But it was like I knew I was called to do what I was doing, but it was like I was feeling unappreciated. I was feeling used for my gift. I was. I just was like I felt like I was being beaten down for doing having to make bricks without straw I mean literally that's how it felt but um but what what it taught me was um the importance of not taking things personal and how when you're you know like I mentioned about that place of power and I actually had a boss that um I think when you get in the government realm and this is where that that governmental spirit really can run that just like the well the political spirit I mean it's a 
place where people are wanting promotions and you want to get that high pay because the highest pay you're at, that's what you'll be at when you retire. And for me, that what, why I wasn't doing, that wasn't why I was doing what I was doing. But let's face it, you know, I want to get paid a living wage. But it wasn't, for me, it was I wanted to give back. I wanted to sow into the land here in our state. Um, but there were times it was about me. It was about I wanted my fair share. I wanted this I, I, I. And it's like, yes, Lord, it was about me. So he um, pretty much humbled me. And as I looked at these, you know, things Patricia is talking about today, it just really struck me. Um, she identified five deadly elements of offense, and I'm, I want to talk about these and then the impacts on what these can have in our relationships um, in other areas, the dangers of these. So when we transgress into offense, we transgress into five areas, anger, bitterness, judgment, unforgiveness, and pride. And so when you get offended, you actually now are all five of those are tied in. Pride, yes, and pride was mine. I mean, literally, prophetically, and, and prophets struggle with it. And I'm not, I'm not calling myself prophet, Lord. I, I know prophetically that's my gift, but sometimes I do get into pride, and I'm not going to stand up here and say I haven't. I have. And I really find that at work I really struggle with that because it's like if I don't, there are times if I didn't prove myself, that means that people wouldn't listen to what I was saying because it was about me, but it really, I was basically making excuses for trying to get my way because I thought it was about the people I was serving, but it was really about I'm right and you're wrong and, you know, you need to listen to me for a change, but that's, a, that's another message. <laughs> but so, but these five areas that Patricia talked about are, um, it's, it's interesting because each of them, there's a specific element that, again, this is, and I know I'm just not talking to myself up here, you guys, but I'm just, I'm just being honest that I've been really challenged, and it started with the COVID, but I think even before that, and I think, honestly, when we were in Israel, Stephanie, three years ago, I think what I really started, and it activated something, but then that there's an imitation the enemy will send, just like you know, when Jesus was tempted in the desert 40, 40 days and 40 nights, um, you know, how the, how the devil basically was trying to get him to throw himself down. Well, if you this, you know, turn, these, turns, turn the stones into bread, um, he basically was using the word against Jesus, and Jesus didn't have anything to do with it. Um, but thinking about that, and I'm so glad we went on that trip, and I would love to go back again, but I don't know what God wants us to do with that. But there was something about that trip that got activated. And I know it was the places we went, the, the assignments that we did, and I know some of you here were a part of that. And I just want to say thank you for serving on that trip. I know it was hard. I know some of us were a bit challenged, and I'm talking about myself. And um, I wouldn't change anything other than I wished I could have stayed longer probably, but I mean, Jesus had us do what we needed to do there. So, But what I want to do is talk a little bit about um, what Patricia talked about, the dangers. So when we're looking at, again, the pride, the, um, the anger, bitterness, judgment, and unforgiveness, um, I want to talk a little bit about um, pride. I'm sorry, anger. Um, in James 1.20, for man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. Anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. It actually brings the opposite. You know, for me, I react to things. I lose my focus. I stop caring about anything except the thing I was angry about. Um, and from a personal perspective, this has really challenged me at work. Um, where I felt others have wronged me, I have been angry towards them. Um, and at work and also people that I love. And there are people here right now that I've done that. To, and it's something that I've had to repent of to continually, um, especially as I've worked through the sphere of government. It's a difficult and challenging place right now. God has others who have been gracious, and I just want to say thank you, Stephanie, for the grace, because I know it's not been easy with everything you've had going on. Um, and for each of you, 
Um, we've had some people that they're no longer here anymore by the grace of God <laughs> that have were challenging, challenging me um, to walk in love because I was angry. I'll be honest, I was angry at God. I'm just going to say I was angry at God for what I perceived as how could certain things happen when we have people here that love the Lord, they're dedicated, and and I had to repent because it wasn't about me. Again, I was, it's about me, you know, it's about me. Um, but I'm just so thankful for the people here that have loved me through my challenges. And um, one of the things that, you know, we can't, we have to respond, not react when we're angry. And it's like when we're um, driving a car and you're, sometimes people cut you off and, you know, we have that horn and beep, beep, honk, honk. And I'm not a big horn person. I used to be, but I guess when I travel to Flint and Detroit, I've learned not to do that because it's just that's how shootings happen. And it's just unfortunate that that's people's reactions. Um, but, I mean, I just think about what's happening in our city right now with our youth. Exactly. I'm so grieved to see what's happening in our city, our youth, because something's they're angry, they're bitter, they're, they're, they're hurting. And as a church, and to stand up and say, Lord, what can we do? We can come alongside the youth, but each, each situation is individual. But for me, that's what I thought about. I was thinking about our youth this past couple of weeks with the, you know, particularly the shootings that happened recently where that little baby was injured and then the young girl that was shot. Um, so when, what that does, um, for again, for man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. Um, it does not. It brings the opposite. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, bitterness, you know, with the dangers of offense. Um, bitterness would be um, uh, from a feeling of light irritation to intense bitterness. Um, in Hebrews twelve fifteen in the Passion, Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. Um, being bitter and hurt not only hurts yourself, but it hurts others around you. When we are bitter towards others, and most especially God, we miss out on the revelation he wants to show us. He graces us each day with new opportunities and the people he brings in our path to help us. Let our bitter roots spring up in our hearts is like poison. We drink poison that can not only hurt ourselves, but also it will hurt the others around us. Be aware and do not be bitter towards others or your situation. If you are, repent. Ask God for forgiveness and others whom you may have hurt in the process. Um, and I think... You know, many times we see people get promotions. Again, I'm just relating this to my situation about work. You know, I've been working at the state um, 25 years, and I've had I've worked in two different offices, and I've gotten the normal pay raise like everybody else. But I think one of the things that was frustrating is I wasn't playing the game, and it is sometimes about getting your your pay raise or your performance bonus, and particularly the last two years that. I've, I know some people have, and I'm like, Lord, I know this is about you, but it's like, I just, this is just exhausting some days. I'm like, I can't think anymore. It's just hard. And to see people get bonuses, it really bothered me because, and it's not about me needing more money. It's like, it's actually, I'm, I justify, okay, I'm just saying I justified it, thinking, well, I can use this for the kingdom. Why don't you bless me? You know, why won't you bless me with that? And he's like, silent. And I'm like, okay, I, can, I know my answer. <laughs> Which was, I just need to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, I think many times we see people's successes and we're jealous. Um, and I think, especially when you start looking at particularly in big churches and platforms and things. And some of us, I personally don't like to be up here. I'll be honest, there are times that I don't. And I can't speak that over myself. So I'm like, I got to do what I need to do because it helps me grow. And I need to be up there speaking and releasing. And I just com sometimes compare myself to other people are, so which I shouldn't. Um, 
But I think at the end of the day, what, what's important for all of us to remember is um, hurt people hurt people. Um, we have wounds sometimes that maybe other people can't see, maybe invisible things that um, I feel like it's been a war the last two years. I'll just be honest. Um, and I'm not saying that lightly either because I know some people have had some really tough situations. But I think at the end of the day, I wouldn't change anything other than, no, I wouldn't. God graces us to, to deal with the things we need to deal with. But I think it's hard when you see people hurting and you want to hurt the people that hurt them. And that's retaliation and that's not good. And uh, I have a tendency to kind of want to do that sometimes when, um, and one of the things Patricia talks about, and I'll get to that, is how it harms relationships with other people, that um, it's not good in a church. And we've had situations here where it's challenged us um, when people come in and um, going from one person to one person, that person said this, and they're going over here, well, that person said that, and it's sowing division. And it not only hurts that person, but also it hurts the corporate body's unity. And uh, I'll, get, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Um, but another thing that is, um, offense does, one of the dangers is um, judgment. Judgment from a casual critical opinion to severe judgment, often called discernment. You know, prophetics. Discernment, I'm discerning. I'm discerning. I say that lightly. I'm discerning. Um, Matthew 7 to 10 in the Passion. And everything you do, be careful to treat others in the same way you'd, you'd want them to treat you. For that is the essence of all the teachings of the law and the prophets. Do not judge, for you will be judged in return for how you have treated others. Judgment can be a very hurtful thing, especially when words have been spoken that, that cannot be taken back. For as the word says... Here, in everything you do, be careful, treat others in the same way you would want to be treated, for that is the essence of the teaching of the long prophets. Also, as the word says, judgment does start with the house of the Lord. We are seeing that now in our country and the church as well as the nations. So don't judge. And I've been guilty of that, so I'm not going to stand up here. Again, This I'm preaching my life for in the last two years. I'm not going to... Um, judging it's like well, why doesn't this person do this this is just this is this why aren't they doing this but we all have to figure our path out we're not to um and and part of it is I've lived a life I've lived so many years and made mistakes and I hate to see people make mistakes but sometimes that is how we learn and sometimes we have to make mistakes to learn because I think what we're seeing now in our country is the lack of discipline and I'm, I'm, and okay, I'll, I was spanked growing up. I was disciplined, and it didn't feel good, but the Lord disciplines those he loves, just like what the word says. And I really feel in our heart that that's where we've missed it with our young people. And I'm not saying abusive discipline either, and I think sometimes we do go overboard in some cases, and I've seen that. I experienced that growing up in some cases, and I think, I don't think my parents intentionally did things, but when you're frustrated and a child is not listening, I was strong-willed. Okay, I'm just, <laughs> I'm being honest. I was. I, he, I Now I look back at that, I'm yes, Lord, I was strong-willed. I know, right? I was. I was, str was strong-willed. And I, 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 I remember back, particularly in a very difficult time in my family, that I, the Lord looked out after me because I probably shouldn't be here today just because of some of the chances I took, the things that decisions I made that my parents didn't know where I was. And let's just put it this way, that I was very strong-willed and I wanted to get my way. And I, and I decreed I'm never, I will never do blah, blah, blah. And there was a, I had to cut that decree off later on. As I got older, I, re, I knew it was something not good in my generation because I love my parents, and um, they did the best they could. So I um, just know that I, I was strong-willed. <laughs> I was. But, um, but at the end of the day, I, um, I know that my parents love me. You know, I do. Um, so I think 
sometimes I, I would look at them and I felt like they treated my brother differently than me. So I judged him, them on that. And I'm thinking, well, why can he do this and I can't? And there was a reason why, but they didn't tell me that. Okay, I did. I questioned stuff. Okay, I know I was strong-willed. I questioned. Okay, I know this sounds familiar prophetically. I asked questions. Well, what about this? I know, Stephanie, I know you're laughing because, and you haven't heard some of this story. But I did. I was like, well, what about this? And I remember my, and my dad was a redhead too. So he's just like, this is just how it is. And I'm like, but why, Dad? It's not fair. And I just, so anyway, I, I look back to that now and it was, um, yeah, that was a trying time I put my parents through. Um, I, yeah, I <laughs> so, but um, we aren't to judge others, for we will have judge, judgment on us. And it's, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Um, so another area, uh, the dangers that offense can bring is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness from an unconscious lack of forgiveness to a determined, I will not forgive. Um, and that's a very dangerous, you guys, because that creates like a wound here that goes deep. And I've, I've been there before when, um, when my parents, um, my parents divorced after I graduated from college. But there was a time that I was in a very difficult situation in childhood, and this person was hurting me. And I won't get into all the specifics, but... Basically, they threatened my family. They said if he, that I told that there would be bad things that would happen to my family. So I never told. And so fast forward 30 years later, and I made a decree about, well, geez, what did it matter? Because my family wound up getting split up anyway, so all this stuff happened for not. So I actually had made a decree that about unforgiveness, and that was wrong. But I blamed God for that because I thought, well, why would he let that happen? And I didn't tell anything in my little mind at that time. I was Carrington's age. It's like, but I didn't tell anybody. So fast forward 30 years later, why did this happen, God? It's like I had this stuff happen. It wasn't fair. Oh, woe is me feeling sorry for myself and all that victim mentality. And um, But I did. I did. I had unforgiveness in my heart, and I made a decree and declare so unforgiveness to the point of decreeing you will never forgive someone over something is um, only hurting yourself. Many times the other person, maybe not in this situation, but maybe in another situation, somebody may have hurt you that you, they may not even know that, and it might have been unintentional. Like in the story in Matthew 18, 21 to 35 is about unlimited forgiveness. There are no limits to forgiving others, for it is not for them that we forgive, but actually for ourselves. And our relationships with the Father walking in love, as in verse 35 closes in the Passion. In the same way, my Heavenly Father will deal with any of you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart towards your fellow believers. I'm like, ooh, again, verse 35. In the same way, my Heavenly Father will deal with any of you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart towards your fellow believer. He will deal with us as we have treated others. Be warned and watchful not to carry unforgiveness in your hearts. And again, this has been an area God has convicted me over the last year regarding people I've worked with and served. Again, being transparent for you all, God is not fooling around. We cannot carry unforgiveness in our hearts if we are to be kingdom-minded and be all that he's called us to do. And particularly as we move into 2022, into this season, it's going to be really important. Um, he will call us out on our stuff. I can't say that, and we're seeing that publicly. You know, he will do privately, but then there will be public. And just remember, though, if you see that public, don't laugh. Don't make fun of the people. You pray for them because you do not know. They have a spouse. They have children. And I'm thinking of, Okay, I'm just going to use an example. John Gettert. I don't know if you know who many of him who he was. He committed suicide back in February. He was one of the people that was involved with the Nasser case. He was the gymnastics coach here from from Diamonddale. Um, I, I won't get into. He had grandchildren. 
he had a spouse, he had a daughters. And for, uh, I'm not going to say what he did was right, that was wrong, but he had family that loved him. And I, I mean, how do you handle that? I can't, I can't imagine, but the horrible things people said, and, and just at the end of the day, just pray, you know, to pray for the family, because, I mean, he did, he committed suicide, just like Judas. He did not want to, because they were going to charge him with trafficking and doing all the things they did, and they had a press conference, and he was going to turn himself in, and he didn't. So now those girls, in some cases, probably never, some of them have never had closure. Um, but I pray for them to have closure, not to hold the bitterness and unforgiveness and um, thinking about our prayer assignments. But he came, when I was praying through this section, I thought about him thinking about all the lives that he touched because he was an Olympic coach. He was a coach for Jordan Weber, and she was from DeWitt. Um, but just thinking of all those lives that were touched um, but also, you know, somebody, somebody's father, grandfather. Um, so just think about that. When we point fingers at people, we have them pointing back at ourselves. Um, but I think, and God reminded me of, you know, my boss retired, is retiring this month, and he would have not been my choice two years ago. They assigned him over me. And God was reminding me of forgiveness with him. So I had to repent. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to say I handled some things well. And I've prayed and, and I've talked with the person. But at the end of the day, it was, it was good that this transition happened. But I'm not going to say I handled things the right way. I think what God has shown me is we all, but by the grace of God, that is not me with some of the situations people have been in. So just, just remember that unforgiveness is something that we're called not to do. <clears throat> we're called to forgive. So just re I want to encourage you. If something comes up for you about that area, just pray, pray about that. Um, the fifth area was on pride. Do you just hang on a second? So pride, from mild um, condescension to blatant arrogance. In Proverbs 16, 18, in the Passion, you, your boast becomes a prophecy of a future failure. The higher you lift yourself up in pride, the harder you'll fall in disgrace. And thinking of the scripture, pride cometh before the fall. As a prophetic person in government, I struggle with pride. I'm not going to sit up here and deny that I don't. I do. So I have to be intentional. This is what the last two years has taught me because that is rampant in state government. You know, you have the people with the titles, the degrees, and I've been in that realm. And I think what I've learned the last couple of years is that's not what life's about. And I know that in my heart, but sometimes this gets in the way. Um, I think about stuff too much. Pride is something that um, particularly with when I'm around people that have a lot more education than I do, but I have more experience, I have a tendency to give my opinion when it's not asked. <laughs> I'm admitting it. And sometimes that's not taken well. I've, you know, been told, don't email me, don't do this and don't do that. Well, that kind of like, oh, okay. But my heart is to serve the people in the communities that I serve in particular regions of the state. So I will give my opinion, but it's professional. And I just have to remember how to give it. Um, sometimes it's unsolicited, and I think that's where I get challenged. Unsolicited opinions. Um, and I think because I've worked so closely with regions where the COVID um, was rampant and trying to advocate for people that don't have people looking out for their best interests because the other people over here with the degrees and titles are trying to build their resume up, I guess at the expense of the people that are serving the people on the front lines. That's where I would get agitated, if that's a nice way to put it. Um, so, but I, what I realized is God has them in my life for a reason, not just to sh for me to show them something, but for them to show me something about myself. Um, and God gave me a dream about those two people recently. Actually, it was about a year ago. Um, but I just want to encourage you. One, one thing, especially now as we're seen in the kingdom, you know, 
it is people are being exposed. We're not, again, I mentioned this before, we're not to laugh about the exposure people, but the, the issue of pride, that, that political spirit and that religious spirit, and then Jezebel. I'm, I'm not going to mention anybody's names. You guys, you, you pray over that, but I just, three. And I, I just pray for the people in our, in our government that are over the realm, um, just like I pray in our city too. Um, so know that your boast becomes a prophecy of a future failure. So when you're boastful and you're pride, you're basically prophesying your downfall. The higher you lift yourself up in pride, the harder you'll fall in disgrace. Think about that. Um, you'll fall, and pride cometh before the fall. Um, so just be encouraged and be watchful. And I think one of the things I've been challenged with is I, I don't usually, okay, I'll admit, I don't, I'm, I don't have an official Facebook, but I do have one just as a, <laughs> a stalker. I'll admit it, can't stalk. I'm just checking on some things. But I don't get the prophetic words and anything. I don't listen to some of the things I used to. I just said, Lord, what is it you want me to listen and share, like on our group, Me for the Dream Team? I don't share things like I used to because I'm not following some of the things because I think after the election last year and everything I was dealing with at work, it got to be so overwhelming. I just, and before the election, actually, Holy Spirit told me to get off Facebook and at the end of the year last year, and I did. And I was like, I'm glad. Um, but I think what I realized is, you know, I think social media can be a good thing, but, but when you have the opposite, when it's being used to hurt people, when it's being used to target people, target people's views. I actually um, recently took a security training I had to, and basically I was told that the things I put on, and I understand my personal Facebook, if I had a personal page, they can go to it, and if I disparage the department, I can be brought up on discipline, pretty much. That's where things are, you know, so. And I don't post things other than praying for this or praying for that. That's actually why, towards the end, that's what he said, that's all you can do, because people are watching, they're looking for things. And I think Chuck Pierce said this, too, in that video I shared about our, um, what we say, what we speak is going to be under scrutiny. Um, so it's really important going back to that communication. The parables, like Jesus shared a parable, like, and not everybody will understand it. There could be code words. Cindy Jacobs actually was talking about this in the video, too, when they were, I believe it was Vietnam or someplace they had gone to, like, if something was getting ready to happen, they would use a code word that nobody would understand except the people would know about something. And it, no, they, the people from the government wouldn't, but it was about persecution coming. Um, thinking about what Heidi Baker's family has been through over in Africa and how, and how, she, you know, how she's still um, there and seen her family basically killed. Um, but I think... At the end of the day, um, God has us in these different realms for reasons, and I know I'm supposed to be in government. I've already told them that my transition will happen from there in June of 23, so I got a year and a half to go. Um, so just please pray for me about that because I actually said something to my dad yesterday, and he was decreeing opposite, trying to say basically, well, you should change your mind. And I'm just like, thanks, Dad. I appreciate the support, and that's all I said. Um, but I just know that I had to wait at least until after the election for next year for our governor is done. And then there's a time period there of training people. And I just know that, and I have peace about this transition. I, I don't question it. A part of me wish it was sooner, but that's my flesh talking, I'll be honest. Um, you know, so um, I wanted to... One of the things, another area that Patricia talked about um, was the importance of when the dangers of offenses, it harms our relationships with other people. And um, Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. And then in Proverbs 18, 19, um, and that was in the NIV. Now this is the in the Passion, Proverbs 18, 19. It is easier to conquer a strong city than to win back a friend whom you've offended. Their walls go up, 
make it nearly impossible to win them back. And I really related to both of these scriptures. And, and I think how we've seen gossip can, and can really affect our, our body here. People, the division that can sow. People aren't happy. They don't agree with decisions that have been made by leadership. So they'll try to go to that place they feel like they can get an inroad in. Um, and it's really important to be in unity as a team on things. And, and it may not always be with something that you agree with, but there's reasons why we're doing it the way we are. So I, I just want to encourage you, if maybe somebody in leadership does something you don't agree or you're not sure why, please ask. It's not because we're trying to be the boss. I mean, some people have said it to me. You're just trying to be a boss. Actually, no. If it was up to me, <laughs> I don't. I don't. And it's Stephanie knows. And I know Stephanie and I have had our disagreements, but I know at the end of the day she loves me, and I love her, and we work through our differences on situations, and it's always, what. and again, I'm going to go back to, well, why is this? And God reminds me of, reminds me of trust trusting people in leadership and there's reasons why and I'm talking about me trusting Stephanie because there may be things that she knows that I don't about situations um, when it harms relationships particularly when we go from person to person sharing how somebody offended us with something else they did to us that, that we perceive as wrong it proceeds to sow division in our church and it harms relationships between you and others but also between other people in the church I, again, I, I just, um, we as children of God need to watch our words. Um, again, I've been challenged with that. I'm just going to use work as an example. Um, when this person got to be my boss, I, I didn't even apply for the job because I just did not want it. I knew what it was going to cost, and I, but I thought of all the people they put over me. And I think this was God teaching me something about humility. I really believe that now. It was about humility and breaking that pride off. I think at the end of the day, though, what, what I realized is, you know, people are just trying to do what they think is best for them and for their family. And um, so it, it really taught me about how not to do things, too, what not to say, how to treat people. Um, and I love each of you, and I'm thankful for Shakina and I know some of you have seen some of my meltdowns. I know. I know some of you have. I'm very thankful for, for being blessed. Each of you have taught me a lot about myself, um, about what it means to be blessed and to receive, even times when I haven't really wanted to. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just very thankful for, you know, everything you guys have done. So, um, Another area. I know this kind of gets in. This, this is a two-part message, so bear with me, you guys. So I wanted to mention a little bit about offense. Deny, when we get an offense, it denies the gospel, and its power hurts our Christian testimony. This really struck me. This was one I had never thought about before. Some of the places that people have been wounded the most have been in the church. Who has been wounded in the church? Um, the judgment starts with the house of the Lord. Offense hurts our Christian testimony and witness to others for Christ. Many outside the church see how people in the church have treated others, and they don't want anything to do with the church. We need to be a good witness about how we treat others and not turn people away. You know, I remember my first experience of going into a church when I became an adult, the judgment and condemn condemnation toward those who struggle with addictions and others who had similar issues you know, people being condemned like they were failures and they weren't perfect. And um, I'm thinking, what is this? Having struggled with some of those issues myself. And I think that's what drew me to jail ministry is, by the grace of God, that could have been me in the jail when I was 18. Um, so I just, I just know that it's important that um, the judgment and condemnation towards those who struggle with addiction, others who had the same problem many years ago, we're condemning the very people they used to be. So the people condemning used to be those, had those same problems before is what I was trying to say. Um, let's watch our words and actions, folks. We welcome new people, and this isn't for our body, but this is just decreeing out loud because we have people come off the street. You know, we've had people come in here I've prayed for, um, and we want people to feel welcome, and I'm challenging myself in that area to continue to walk in love for those people that, that are different, that 
um, and I know we've been talking about this in the class, um, that um, they don't, some of the churches I was brought up in, they didn't let the Holy Spirit move. And that grieves the Holy Spirit. We should never deny the Holy Spirit, but it's always done in decent and order and humble submission to leadership. But ultimately, though, we never want to deny Holy Spirit. That grieves Holy Spirit. Um, so another danger of offense, it removes peace from our soul. Um, in Psalm 35, 28, in the NIV, for they do not speak peace, but they devise deceitful words against those who are quiet in the land. Honestly, Stephanie, this scripture came up, and I thought about some of your challenges you have in the city, working with all the pastors and all the, the people with connected with Cago. Um, we don't have peace when we are angry or upset about something. Sometimes the words of others we have listened to and internalized, it can affect us internally. There are those that we need to be praying for and not let their issues become ours. Sometimes it's difficult for prophetic types who see and hear things. You can see as Jesus, you can see this as Jesus was attacked by the Pharisees, but he never responded. He remained quiet. Um, we too are not to respond, but remain quiet. And I'll admit at times I've been challenged in this area, not wanting to remain quiet. And I want to challenge each of you to follow peace and do not let someone else's issues become your own. And I want to thank the people for the grace that you've given me as I've at times struggled with my own challenges. Thank you for loving me in the midst of my struggles and challenges. It's much appreciated. Um, I think we're at a time in our country and world that we've never seen you guys. And I think I just have a time. I, I have to watch my filter. I'll admit it, my filter. And that's because I work at home. I'm not out like I used to be. And um, there's some things to me that are not normal. We don't want to keep this covered up. I, I, re, I honor people. I keep my distance when I see, I'm talking about masking. I'm not saying that people shouldn't do it. I'm just saying I think people should be free to choose. Um, and I, I, and I love my parents and I, you know, I have a family members with underlying health conditions, but at the end of the day, if we covered this up, we can't see the smile. We can't see how people are doing. We can't pray for people. And I, I just think it becomes so detached. And I really think that in some of our challenges with our youth, sometimes they're so detached, like they're just, they're reacting and not, um, they're not thinking about what's going on because there's something going on here that who knows what's going on at home. But when you cover the face, you can't see the smile. I mean, who wants to be covered up all day? I can't, I had to wear a mask one day when I had a presentation. I can't handle it. Okay, I can't, I, I cut that off. It's not that I can't. I choose not to. But anyhow, I just... <laughs> I, and I'm still waiting to hear of decision from, from my job because I have um, made decisions that go against some of the CDC advice, but I know that I'm following Holy Spirit to do what I need to do. Um, so removing peace from our soul, it, it um, we thank you, like I said, thank you again for loving me in the midst of my struggles, but when we remove peace from our souls, it does something. There's something there that's missing, and so sometimes we fill it with things we shouldn't. Could be alcohol, it could be drugs, could be food, could be pornography, could be shopping, um, could be by reading the word constantly over and over, and there's nothing wrong with reading the word, but when it starts to take over your mind and it just becomes an obsession, that's a problem. So I don't want, want people on the podcast to think, Laura said not to read the word. It's like, no, no. It's just you, you become obsessed with making sure you read this or you do this chapter. And, and I, I just want to encourage you that anything that's to excess that takes you away from your relationship with God, it becomes something that's just performance. Let's just be honest. Let's, I'm just going to say what it is, at least my perspective, that's about performance. You know, you can read one scripture a day, but it's Think about what that scripture means. Do a word study, but um, I'll admit I've gotten away from some of that this last year of digging down in the word, and I can tell when I don't. Um, so another danger of offense is it blocks blessings in your life. 
um, 3 John 1, 2. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Many times as we receive from the Lord, we may see others getting blessed with provision, promotion, and employment, etc. Celebrate with them. Do not be offended. If you are offended, repent. This will go well with your soul, getting along with others, celebrating, you know, what God is doing in their life. Um, and the blessings will come, but maybe it's not your season. Maybe this, you don't know what's happened to this person in their season. So just be encouraged, be positive, be an encouragement. Um, so um, number 10, um, another danger of offense is it affects our mental and physical health. It can create sickness and diseases. And I really, my heart is now wondering if some of that might be connected to the COVID now, um, possibly. Um, just saying. I didn't, that's not a word from the Lord. I'm just saying. The internal stuff does affect. So in Proverbs 4.23 in the Passion, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Think about that. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Many times when we are in offense, it can hurt our heart to the point where we may have physical or mental health problems. Be diligent and control what you put in your heart, for it does flow from the wellspring of your life. So think about that. What you sow into your heart is what you give out. If you're sowing anger, bitterness, greed, um, unforgiveness, you will give that out. Um, and I've been challenged in that area. So just be encouraged that God knows that. And he loves you in spite of some of the challenges that you have. And I, I'm just going to speak for, my, for myself some of the challenges that I've had with that. Um, so I want to close on a couple more things. Um, so Patricia talks a little bit about um, how do we walk free from offense? So making a quality decision to walk free from offense. Again, making a quality decision. So not just saying you're going to walk free. Quality. What does it mean for something's quality? That means it's something you've really decided you're going to do this. Number two, embrace the cross, die to self, forgive, and love. Number three, what does love look like? You know, what does love look like? And it looks like different things to different people. For some people, love can be giving somebody a ride, cooking a meal. Maybe they lost their spouse. Uh, maybe they're grieving. You know, this time of year can be very hard on people that have lost parents. Thinking of older adults, my mom has really been calling me a lot, and I've been challenged. She likes to reminisce about things, and sometimes I don't remember them, and I, and I, and I don't sometimes have probably the same memories as she does. But she just likes to tell me about what she's going to do tomorrow, about she's going to the store, she's going to get things, and this is just her way of connecting with me, because she, you know, my grandparents are gone, and she has my aunt, and. Um, you know, my aunt's not in great health. They live in, actually, not far from where they had the tornadoes last weekend in Tennessee. You know, they were fine, but the area not far from them was devastated. So I'm thinking about those poor people that lost everything. They lost their family and right at Christmas. And I'm thinking, Lord, you know, why? And I'm like, but it's not my place to question, but to pray for the people, pray for government, you know, to help the people, um, also, um, how to walk free from offense, direct your offense, the anger towards the unrighteousness and not the person. Um, in the scripture in Romans 1.18, I'm going to read that. That's actually on the next page. Um, For God in heavens unveils his holy anger, breaking forth against every form of sin, both toward ungodliness that lives in hearts and evil actions. For the wickedness of humanity deliberately smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. I'm thinking, whoa, this was good. I'm going to read this other, this last part. For the wickedness of humanity deliberately smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. I'm like, okay, that really hit home. 
And, you know, Patricia was talking about when she would go to Vietnam, they had some a ministry there for trafficking. And I was listening to her story about the children being trafficked. You know, they're not just trafficked. They're put under, they're operated on for their body parts and sold. These are children. It's, I mean, think about that. And, and the people that are doing that, those are people in ministry that actually they're saving, getting out of that. But think about that. I'm just thinking of the whole abortion issue in our country because this really is exactly what this is. That's exactly what this is, and that's immediately what I thought about. I'm thinking, who could think of that? I mean, think of these poor children. You know, they're trafficked, but then they're taking and operated on for to sell their parts. Um, I just I, I can't imagine somebody participating in that, but... My, my, my mind and heart just can't go there. Um, but, but think about that, um, what, what, how desperate people are for money. Um, and I know in Afghanistan right now, you know, the children, these young girls are being sold, the people that were left behind that we didn't get out. You know, and I'm praying for, for that, for the people there, for God to supernaturally protect the girls, particularly the girls there, because we know the Taliban, um, They're not. They're considered property. They they can't do anything without their male person being in the street. And if they're not with somebody, they're caught. They're punished. And punished is. That's pretty. That's a very mild term from what really happens to them. Um, so, that's the kind of stuff to focus on. Not about being mad at your neighbor who, okay, let's just maybe played their music too loud one night. You went down and told them to turn it down and. Then they turned it up a little bit louder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember do okay. Um, that's right. Um, so I've been there, done that. So I just, um, I want to read a, another scripture. Um, in Proverbs 19.11, the passion, an understanding person demonstrates patience, for mercy means holding your tongue. When you're insulted, be quick to forgive and forget, for you are virtuous, when you overlook an offense. Um, we're called to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Um, for man's anger does not produce the righteousness of God, in James 1, 19 to 20. Um, now this next um, slide, I really, okay, who knows Yoda? I love Yoda. I love Yoda. I've been watching the Star Wars movies the last couple of days about um, Yoda and um, um, this quote was, being offended leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. This quote attributed to Yoda reminded me of what happened to Anakin Skywalker and his challenges with anger, pride, and offense. You know, he eventually went over to that dark side. He, because of what happened in his life, his mother, what happened with her, and I'm not going to give it away, watch the movie, what happened to his wife, what happened to um, his his um, mentor, the first Jedi he trained under, um, he got he was angry and he wanted to live. He wanted to have all this power and control. But what it did was it turned him against the people that loved him the most. Um, again, being offended leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Suffering was what he was doing inside. I mean, he was suffering inside a slow death. And he did go over to the dark side. And I just love the prophetic movies. But when I saw this, this just really struck me, you know, this um, page. So um, I had kind of an activation um, um, praying about, you know, if you're struggling with offense, um, if, you, um, if you, there's something you um, want to be, um, it's, if you're struggling with that, I just I wanted us to ask Holy Spirit to highlight anything that you may have been harboring. If there's anything you're harboring offense towards, for Holy Spirit to highlight, just take some time to pray. For us, just sit in our seats. I just want us to sit there and just pray. And I don't know, Matt, if you want to put some music on, thank you. Um, for Holy Spirit to highlight, and I want to encourage you um, to take it to the Lord while we're just sitting here. Let's just, let's just be still. And uh, Thank you for listening today. 
Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.